Breakfast from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Hello and thanks again for tuning in to Warriors Weekly. If you tuned in last week, you'd have heard the first part of my sit-down with Stuart Hogg and Jonathan Humphreys. And on this week's episode, you'll be getting the rest of that interview. Enjoy. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. How did you end up in Scotland then? You were spent a lot of time coaching in, well, coaching here in Swansea. Uh, I, was, I was eight years here and um, I just, like... Won a couple of titles. Yeah, we, we were, you know, pretty successful. We were a really good team. A um, very good team. I love watching that team. Yeah. And Nicky Walker, James, who call these boys that yeah. are playing like Welsh and Scottish and, superstars. Like. Uh, it was like, you know, people, like the ones, like, there was probably a lot of people would know a guy called Marty Hollow, who was a seven. Very, very much like Callum Gibbons. That same type of character, you know, like, like an unbelievable guy off the field, very, very humble and generous with his time with all the players. Animal. A brilliant player, um, and you had Jerry Collins, Justin Marshall, you know, these, these people. So what, what years were these? Oh, yeah, 2008, 2009, you know, people like Tommy Bow were there. Uh, so we had an amazing team. So, you know, you, you, try, you struggle not to be successful with that team, so, yeah, we were pretty good. Um, and you took over head coaching duties for the finals that you won, did you not? Yeah, just the, the, the two, two away at Leinster, I decided I need to be hands-on with us, so... That was a good result, that one in Leinster. Yeah, because they they, they were they were class. Yeah, you know the the couple of years that you won over there, um, you know that's a that's a fair effort to yeah. to win a final on their home turf, like. Well, well they they just they'd won. This was this is going it was quite funny though, but they'd won the European Cup the week before, and they decided not to celebrate until after they they done won, the double done the double. And then, uh, was like, that spoken about then? If they if they'd come out and said that, did well, you they'd, use they'd, that they'd, internally? They'd, they had a big marquee, big bands all set up for afterwards, and then uh, Shane Shane Williams scored in the last minute, and Dan Bigger kicked a kick conversion the corner. He's like the best way to win a game. And I remember in the in the marquee afterwards, and it was dead. It was it was dead, and it's yeah. I was looking at it going, mate, if you win, celebrate. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's wrong the corner. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, the the opportunity come, you know, at a time where I was ready to do something different, move on, and it was, you know, to come to Scotland and get your handicap down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, honestly, if you look at it now, like there were there wasn't people jumping out of their skin to go and coach Scotland. You know, it was. Uh, I remember loads of people come out to me going, "What are you doing? Why are you going there?" And the honest answer was. I don't know, it just excited me. I was just like, different. And now you see it from where it was back then, where you probably couldn't get 35 people to go and talk. And to see where it is now and the strength and depth, how, how much everybody has grown. And, and know that you, know, you can play anybody. And Scotland could, could, have, you know, could have as much chance as anybody in the world to beat winning those games. I always remember Vern when he first came in. Um, and he was saying he just wanted to change people's perception of Scottish rugby. And you know, everybody, we were pretty much laughed at, weren't we? Yeah. we? We were struggling for, you know, a hell of a long time. And when Vern came in, he wanted to change that perception for everyone. And I think the he got us buying into a very good culture. Um, and you know, the coaches and, and the players that we had at the time really bought into it and had a huge uh, impact on on how things are nowadays. And 
always remember when Vern came in just saying these few words and it, you know, he really put a lot a lot of effort into making sure we could be in a good place I, I remember how that sort of morphed we went from like um, losing games to being competitive games and, and the squad being happy and then it was a point where we played Australia and we were winning in Murrayfield and Kudrani scored in the last minute and we lost the game when it was another gallant loss and I remember the, the review afterwards we were in the changing rooms and um, a VC went it's not okay to lose and we kept on saying it's not whereas okay. kind of three seasons before had you lost that yeah. game you'd have been happy and enough we'd, we'd, we'd have been happy with like playing well and, and been in with a shout of winning yeah and that's well it says a lot how gutted we were after we lost that New Zealand game yeah but you know a few years ago we would never have been in a position exactly. to have been competing against New Zealand and that's what I mean like as Humps is talking about we've got a very you know good group of players in Edinburgh and Glasgow and out with Scottish rugby that you know, competition for places for the first time in a long time and an exciting brand of rugby that everybody wants to be involved in. And that's something that you could argue that, that VC brought in and Gregor's continued. Yeah. Um, obviously with his own little bits and pieces to it, but you know, strength and depth and competition for places is massive in any environment. And to have it in your national team now is, is only going to better everybody. Well, I, I, when I first came over, part of my job was to go and find people who were Scottish qualified and basically beg them to come to Scotland. If there was a chance of them going to England or anybody else, they'd go. I remember trying to, there was a, a tight day prop at Newcastle, Scott Wilson, and I was trying begging him, saying, look, Scotland are going to be different, they're going to be, and then don't go and, don't, you know, throw it away. And, you know, it was such a hard job. Now, if, say, Danny Wilson was to walk into any club, anywhere, and go to a boy who's Scottish qualified, they'd be jumping out of this game to come to Scotland. That only encourages our young boys, though, to to want to learn and improve and you know not have a you know a homegrown talent being in a Scotland jersey they, they want to be in that position they want to work hard to get there and yeah. you know because like you're saying you're begging a tight head prop to come I think that you know Xander's coming on leaps and bounds I yeah. think he's one of the, you know he he's he, he had a terrific start to the season and got to see him injured but you know hearing boys that you know got a non-Scottish born player for instance coming in to take your position as a Scotsman that hurts you a little bit and it won't, It makes you want to improve to get to where you want to be. But this is going back now, four years ago, five yeah. years ago, where there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have more than two tight ends, so you had to go out. Now, you wouldn't do that mm-hmm. because we have enough. We've got enough homegrown talent. There's enough time, like you say, for, for Xander, uh, uh, Murray McCallum coming through, Darcy Ray's been outstanding yeah. for us. So... There's, there's, you don't, there's no need now to go up and try and find people to bolster your stocks because the stocks are you, and that's the difference. It's all, it's all well and good, Vern coming in and saying these things, but you have to have the players in the squad that buy into it. Who were the main, for you as a coach and you as a player, when, who were the leaders within that group who really ran with his idea? Who? I think uh, Greek, uh, Vern and Greek um, had a very, very strong relationship. And, and uh, from from a coach's point of view, Greg was just like an actual coach. Right. He'd do he'd, he'd be part of the review process. He, he he speaks very very well. And on top of that, you you probably wouldn't find a more proud Scotsman or somebody who's 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 more desperate to win than, than anybody. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's the fact that you know as Greg is skipper, it's somebody you'd follow in the battle. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got somebody you know truly believing that they can win games, you're 
you'll hang on every snippet of that and, and back him to the hills and back and as you say that Vernon Greg had a, a uh, had a very good relationship and but it was just a whole cu- culture in general like everybody really bought into it and wanted to you know change everybody's perceptions but also be in a position to win games and win trophies and you know I always um, I go back to the first meeting in, in the Thistle group the leaders group um, you know we had Ewan Murray Ross Ford uh, Greg, myself, Finn, Johnny, like these boys, you know, boys that went fit will be, will be in the Scotland team, and everybody wanted to, you know, follow in, and um, it was just a great culture we created, and ultimately we got some good results in the back of it, and that's why, you know, we are potentially in the position we're in right now is because of all the things we've done back then. Because, like, it, it, sometimes you forget how hard it was, because, and you, you talk about. Uh, how close I think everybody became because you go through so much heartache, so much soul searching. What were the, the low po- lowest lo- points for you? The low point was Italy in the Six Nations. You know, they ever apparently tried to win right at the end. We end up like um, we have a wooden spoon that year. Um, you remember, like you look in a boy's eyes and like they, they want to be, they, they, all they've been is kicked. They've been down and you're trying to, and they, they, there's nothing. You know, you wooden spoon and with a laughing stock, whatever. But you 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 build such strong relationships out of that. And you like one of the pivot most pivotal moments for me was like after we lost to Australia in the last minute again, and then we're playing Argentina at the, the next game. And you're talking about like, we have met, we, we work hard and we get a penalty the end of time, and Greg's got a kick on the ten meter line in front of the sticks. And in in my mind. He's never missing, never missing, and we he kicks the goal, we win it, and from that we went like that. Mm-hmm. For me, you know. So talked about Greg there and how he was the kind of leader who you just follow anywhere. When you were a captain, what what did you actively do as a captain? Were you were you, were you desperate to be popular amongst the people? Did you want people to like you? Did you think that helped, or did you want? Just to be the hardest working, so that everyone followed you. What was your it approach was, to that? It was different because um, the first team I really captained was 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 Wales. I only had I was a young kid. I'd had two games, and I was thrown into it. And looking back, I was I was pretty boxed at under average. I wanted to be liked by by the senior players in the team. At the end of the day, I never never really respected those players, but I wanted to be liked because I thought that was the way to do it. Um, and then when I did it later, you know, I went in Cardiff and then when I was in Bath, you know, I was better at it than um, about trying to get people to to buy into culturally what you want to, to feel that they're included and, and that's why I try to go about it. And, yeah. What are Wilson and Cully like around the place? Have they got contrasting approaches to being a captain? Yeah, every, everybody's different, aren't they? I think. For Wilson and Kelly, they, they both work incredibly hard on their individual game, they work hard in the gym, they work hard to be the best they can possibly be, but they're good in terms of, you know, everything comes back to creating a good culture and, and Dave has created a very good culture within the Glasgow squad that, you know, everybody wants to work incredibly hard for each other to get the right results, but I think the best thing about the, the two co-captains we've got is they've got a, a great ability to switch off from rugby um, and be one of the best social boys that you can have around the club you know, they're always keen to, to go for coffees you can speak to them about anything and they'll never be in a position of 
you know they've got a bit of power in terms of you know their captains, but they'll never be seen to be using it. Um, and that's the, the thing that I love most about them. And as I said, you want you want hard buggers in front of you, and uh, and they too are, you know, they they epitomise what it, what it means to be a warrior, and that that you will follow them into to playing games and you know, big big tough wins. Is it something you thought about? You're captain Scotland this summer. Is it something you've? How do I keep going? Yeah. <laughs> I've not got a very good strike critics captain, but <laughs> no, for me, I've been involved in leaders groups for for a few years now, and you know, it's you talk about trying to be a leader in different different aspects, but you know, some boys are better at you know motivational speeches. Some boys are working incredibly hard. Everyone at says it. that Al was always that was Al's strength. That was the speaking yeah. before the game. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like Al could, you know, Al could get you motivated for anything, um, and and that's something that. He was such a good leader that boys have picked little bits out of his um, way of, of leadership and, and added it to themselves. And you know, for me, in terms of being a leader, I just want my performance to do the talking. And you know, I just want to go out, and express myself, have some fun, and ultimately help to to win games. And, and that's the way that I'll, I try and go about my work. How do you feel watching these Scotland games now, having been involved, and then moved to Glasgow? You're obviously involved slightly more remotely because you're still involved with the players but you still get the same nervousness watching Scotland play? Um, I, I honestly didn't know how I'd feel about it and then um, the first game I went to was the New Zealand game and um, I just saw it and it was just incredible and I, I loved it. And I, I Did you enjoy it more because you were able to detach yourself a bit? Yeah, yeah definitely and uh, but it's the same you know as, as I say, like you see the atmosphere, the crowd, how it's grown, and and you're, you know everybody who's been involved has played a small part in that. Everybody, and you know we, we had this theme about anybody who's worn the jerseys always has the jersey, always has a part of the jersey, and the next person represents that. And you can see that like everybody who's who's been at the start of this should take immense pride that they put a little bit into it. And when these boys move on and the next people come in, it's this, it's this group of people who started it all. And um, hopefully it goes on to be bigger and bigger and better every year. How do you feel in terms of like, when you're a Scotland coach, you're very much trying to implement a game plan and, and, and stuff to, to perform in, but now taking a step back in Glasgow, do you get satisfaction out of you know, your boys playing incredibly well for Glasgow then going on to play for Scotland? Yeah, it, like... You know, some people talk about you know they, it's difficult when all the players go, whatever. But everybody expects that, and basically at this time you want as many players gone as you can, because that's a mark that your team's been successful. So I want them all to go. I want them all to play for Scotland, and because um, you end up developing the next one. But yeah, mate, you, it's it's when you see those the young kids who, who started off with Matt Ferguson, for instance, you know, a real young kid, and then. They play these two European games where he's been outstanding, absolutely outstanding, and you think, well, mate, you have uh, you've deserved this. You deserved it. I'm look really looking forward to seeing you out there ripping it up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that'd be an example. That happens quite a bit. Like obviously, Matty and Xander and stuff doing incredibly well now, but you go back to the 2011 World Cup, and you've got like Sir Ryan Wilson, Peter Horn, you know, these kind of boys that were involved in Glasgow that are now the Scotland team. You know, they're very much involved in the Scotland team that you know, everything comes in cycles and it's exciting now that you know World Cup just round the corner that you're hoping the large majority of the Glasgow squad goes goes there and then 
as you say, gives a, a good opportunity for the younger boys to come in now and show what they've got and you know, really challenge for places at Glasgow, which is only going to improve everybody as an individual player. Well, you know, that, that's the point is that, you know, people say, well, oh, I'm not going to go to Glasgow because it's X and Y there. But you have more chance being there because they're going. Mm-hmm. And, and especially with, with Reds, who will reward, regardless of reputation, if you're playing well, you will play. And I think that's been reflected in a lot of selections. How was that for you last year, being injured for so long? And with that message in your ear all the time, people on form will get, will get picked. And Jacko's performing like he was last year, sitting watching that, what was that like? It was incredibly tough, but I always remember the first meeting that, that Dave took, and he said, you know, for me, reputations go out the window. Um, and it wasn't the case of, you know, nobody worked hard and we're just getting, getting their start in place. It was very much a, a boot up the backside for a few boys that, that wouldn't necessarily be doing that. And, but again, it all comes down to learning and, and improving and, and the want to be better. Um, that, as you say, Jack was performing incredibly well last year. You know, for four months I couldn't do anything about it. You know, I was being injured and I was just admiring the fact that he was playing some incredible rugby and I knew that for me to get back in the team I was going to have to do something special and work you know, even harder than I had done in previous years. And um, I think the only reason I actually got back in the squad was that Jack had played about 12 or 13 games in the bounce and needed a break. I think that was so genuine. I think that was the only reason that um, you know I, I got a game and uh, you know unfortunately I played four games and picked up another you know two to three month injury that gave um, Jack another opportunity to play that again I had to show my worth at the club and um, be in a position to, to challenge him for the fullback jersey come uh, come the end of the season and but again that that only made me want to to better myself and, and do everything I could to, to get back in the team and. You need that. You need competition for places. Um, but yeah, it's uh, if, if Jack wants to have a little break relatively soon, then that'd be greatly appreciated. <laughs> well, we're, we're recording just before the Ospreys game. It's going to go out in a couple of weeks. Hoggy, you're here, running water on your final recovery from injury. You mentioned, um, you mentioned earlier how you were able to step back and watch and more, enjoy the game more. But how is it for you? If you're not involved in a squad watching the game, are you able to enjoy it or do you just feel sick? Like Scotland or Glasgow? I absolutely love rugby. I love watching rugby. I, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not scared to say that. I'm actually obsessed with it. Um, but watching my own team, cannot stand it. Cannot stand it because I just get, I get really nervous. I get the fear of, you know, having been in all the meetings during the week, I just want boys to, to go out there and, you know, um, play well and, and get a good result. But... You know, it's like momentum shifts are huge in rugby, and sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes against you. And I'm the, I'm the worst watcher of of, of our teams. Um, but again, like, it's good now that you know, I get an opportunity to do um, other things in terms of help out a little bit. Uh, with my knowledge this weekend, now that the Bogans away on holiday, and uh, hopefully, you know, help out the younger boys as well. That you know, I've been around a long time. Uh, I believe I know a little bit about the game to to help the younger boys and just gives a, an opportunity to, to coach them and, and help them improve. Obviously by the time this goes out, Scotland will have played Wales. As a, as a Welshman, former Welsh captain, Scotland playing Wales, what's that like? <coughs> Haven't been involved in the Scotland set for so long. Um, I, I said it before, it's, it's about the relationships that the, the, you're working with and the people you work with. So I work with a lot of those the Scottish team. So for me, I want them to do well. I do, I want, you know, I want Johnny Gray to go out there and have the best game of his life, like Ryan Wilson. 
so no, I was calling. Imagine it's the same for you. You want you want Blair to go out there and have a great game. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think Blair's been incredible over the last couple of years and seems to be getting better and better every, every game that he plays. And I just want the the whole Scottish backline to do well. Um, you know, if they get a good set piece, a good forward ball up front. You know, we've got uh, the ability in the back line to rip anybody apart. So, you know, I'm hoping the boys go out there and express themselves, have some fun, and and not be scared by or fear the occasion. You know, the principality is a pretty intimidating place to go to. But you know, if uh, if we get on, you know, as I say, momentum shifts. If we get on top at some point during the game, it's a case of staying there as long as we possibly can and and making sure that we can you know, give ourselves every every chance of winning. But just on humps, like a little thing I picked up another week when you're saying we're doing the podcast, like. Humps referred to Scotland as we, and you're thinking as a proud Welshman, you know, why is he saying we? But he's, he's, he's just hit the nail on the head in terms of you know, he works within Scottish rugby and wants us to do well. That you know, for somebody that's not Scottish originally, it's 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 quite uh, pleasing to, to see and to hear. From a Warriors point of view, I've been in, involved in a few meetings and a few dressing rooms the last few weeks. We've actually lost two of our last three games, but. <laughs> the talk around the place of how proud we have been of those performances and how we've really fronted up and stepped up. Lots was made last season about our physicality. What shifts have been made this season so that our forward pack are as brutal as they have been in those last few games that we've shown? Um, look, we, we, we understood that um, the things, things last year that people had access to us up front and we sort of sat down pre-season we did a lot of work in making sure everybody's very, very clear in their roles. So within that, that allows you to be more brutal. But also, the, these players are 12 months older. Um, they're more experienced. They've played a lot more rugby. So last year, we were going into Europe where people first experience. There was six of the pack who'd never played in Europe before. And it's a completely different proposition. But now, every one of those players knew what was coming, what was around the corner. And I, I, I couldn't be proud of them. I think they made massive shifts and we're still nowhere close to being where we need to be, but they're certainly going in the right direction. Do you think slightly galvanised by what was said last year? Has that had an effect or is it, do you just keep things internal? No, we, we, had, our, we had our own goals and we, uh, we were very clear about what we wanted and, and how we were going to go about doing it. So people talking about, well, we needed to get X, Y and Z in. We needed to bolster the front row, uh, the, 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 the front row and the pack, whatever. And we said, no, we don't. We're going to back. We, we, we have enough. We have enough talent. We have enough physicality. We have enough aggression to do all those things. We just got to work there and prove it. So we're, all, we're on our way. Will you be fit for this final after the international break? You'll come back fit and firing and into the final stretch of the season. What are the, what are the goals? Have, has the fact that the finals in Glasgow have been spoken about, what would that mean to you? We, in all seriousness, we, we don't look that far ahead. Um, the, the kind of boring answer is that we take every game as it comes. But for me, with an opportunity to have a home final you know, in Glasgow, albeit not at our pitch, um, that could be something pretty special. You know, Not only for rugby in Glasgow, but rugby in Scotland in general. That I think if we were to have an opportunity to play in the final, it would be, it'd be pretty special. And, you know, for us, the, our ultimate goal is to win trophies. And you know, I truly believe with, with the squad that we've got and the way that we've started, uh, if we continue in this this way, um, you know, I truly believe that we can we can get to the final. I think, and 
we're appreciative of the fact is that like this time last year we were in the league unbeaten but it didn't really count for a lot when when it really mattered so for us it's about making sure we're in the position to be challenging you know once the six nation finishes that's you know that's the do you feel that last season our form came at the wrong half of the season and you want to be playing your best rugby when it comes to those big playoffs? Yeah. It's, I, I, look, it was, look, people, it was incredibly hard running we had anyhow. But um, this whole, like, to, to win this, this league is all about momentum. It is, and um, you need momentum at the end of the season, running into the, the final games. And as long as you're, you know, you're in touching distance of the playoffs or you're in amongst the playoffs, that's where you need to be in your incredibly reliant on the boys who play when doing the Six Nations and the form of the boys coming back from the and the mental frame, frame of those players coming back which adds to all that impetus so if we get impetus at the end of the season then then you know we'll be there or thereabouts I'm sure the final that we won when you look back at playing for Glasgow would be your real highlight but that game against Leicester away at Welford Road that saw us go through to the European knockouts for the first time would be up there too. What would that mean to be able to fight on both fronts? To have another occasion like that when we've made it through to the, the last 16? If, we, if we're being honest um, and you look at the squad again, we, we should be in a position to be qualifying for Europe and, and be competing for trophies in the league. You know, In terms of Europe, you know, for us to sit here and say we're going to win Europe, um, you know, we're, we're very realistic about it and say we'll, we'll do everything we can. Um, but in terms of league, you know, I'd, We've got a very, very good squad here that you know Hump's talked on before of uh, the experience in being 12 months older. You know, for us, it's the kind of fuel to the fire of, of not being successful last season. Um, you know, it just makes you want to, to be in a better position this year, and it's all about you know performing at the right times. And you know, it's probably a good thing that we we lost early on in the season to the Kings that it gave us that little boot up the backside that actually we're not as good as we we think we are. Um, and we really need to perform week in week out to, to be in a position to win games and you know for us we always kind of look back at that game of probably one that got away but I say it was probably not a bad one to, to let go Just keep you grounded uh, and keep, keep us grounded keep us working hard and, and make sure that we, we see shifts the week after I think for me the difference between where we are now and where we were last year like last year we won very easily you know we were going left the field tries real flash stuff um, every game this year, we've had to work hard, you know, for for everything, um, and that that's been the difference. We we understand that if we're going to get anything, we've got to work harder than the opposition. We have to, we have to outwork them, and, um, and we're on the way to doing that. I think it's the, the ability to to play different styles of rugby as well. You know, it could be an occasion that we need to be working incredibly hard up front to get good go forward ball and. You know, it could be very much a, a forward-orientated game to then the week after, you know, playing a wide, expansive game that, you know, can can outwit the the opposition. So the ability to change game plans is huge for us. And you know, this season I think we're in a better place in terms of um, having the ability to do that. Well, thanks very much for joining us, John. I'll let you go because the hordes of people outside the hotel waiting for signatures. I think someone's told them that John Humphries is in here. <laughs> yes, well done, Woody. <laughs> this is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast.
Thanks for listening to Warriors Weekly. We'll have a much more normal episode next week with all the players back at Scottsdale ahead of the game against Cardiff Blues. Don't forget that tickets for that game are available still at glasgowarriors.org. See you then. Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy.